Imran Khan, Swan Energy. Brandon Davis, Swan Energy. Gentlemen, thank you for joining the program here this week. A little mining money, finding out some investments, where to, well, how to, actually, more how to than where to, because it's more about how to than it is. I know there's where to involved, but we can get to that in just a second. So anyway, before we get existential, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Um, you know, it's a little cloudy day today in, in Houston, but uh, weather's great. Um, enjoying the the fall winter uh, season over here, which involves wearing short t-shirts and uh, <laughs> just hanging out, having fun. The weather's only perfect in Houston 10 months a year. So, you know, um, one of the perks It's probably eight, but still, <laughs> um, there are four months that can be extremely hot and humid. But the rest of the month, the rest of the year is, is amazing here. So we have the flip side of that. We have jokes that we have road construction season and winter, and those are our two seasons up here. And then the other jokes, of course, are that you know it's so cold that you can't go outside, which is a reality sometimes. And we've got a little bit of snow on the ground here right now before Thanksgiving, as we're talking about. But uh, speaking of which, you know, we're a few weeks. After the election now, it's a week and a half, whatever it is. And, you know, there's still no official declaration of a winner, but a lot of people are certainly uh, going the Joe Biden route. And I'm noticing there's a lot of articles out there, and one in particular, and I was very curious to get your guys' reaction on, and it has to do with, you know, what some of the uh, leaders, five U.S. energy leaders, offer takes on potential potential impacts of a Biden win. And a gentleman has been on this program before, Lee Tillman. He's the marathon chief executive officer, Lee Tillman. Um, he is, I found it interesting because what he said is what we've been talking about for three, four weeks now, in fact, leading up to it, which is we are realistic that with a Biden win, doing business on BLM land will become more difficult. And that's been basically one of our big chunks of conversation. So I just wanted to get your guys' reaction to what, you know, Lee Tillman is talking about and how it kind of correlates with what you guys were also uh, referring to over the last few weeks, even before the election started. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, it's uh, interesting to see the views of different folks chiming in. And, you know, yeah, the BLM land is a a big item for, um, for, for, for the different companies, more from a, from a new development standpoint of, of assets and uh, being able to utilize the, the areas for um, new oil and new gas developments. I think, you know, having those uh, spaces available um, really do uh, make a big difference and, and making those available from the government standpoint. But keep in mind, there's a lot of private land out there also uh, that, you know, we've got in the U.S. that's probably different than a lot of other countries out there, uh, which we, we are very fortunate to have, uh, that uh, people can still be able to go out and uh, uh, drill on. I think it's interesting that we actually may know what we're talking about because we're not the only one saying what we're saying. Um, it seems to be across the board and overall, you know, the environment will get a little harder. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think the impact will be insignificant in general um, overall, in my opinion. Another one I wanted to mention was energy transfer. They talked about the pipeline companies and how some regulation might be of concern. They still, you know, pretty positive that, you know, the pipelines are going to be moving forward because India 
uh, China, they're getting a middle class and, and they're going to start wanting, you know, certain products and a certain lifestyle. And so whether it's uh, being pipelined and then shipped over or whether it's being produced here in the U.S., there at least seems to be some optimism when it comes to whether it be natural gas or crude oil moving through the pipelines once some of this dust settles. What are your guys' thoughts when it comes to the, you know, the next four years or whatever when it comes to regulations and pipelines and either exporting it or maybe keeping it here? I believe that there will, if there is impediment, it'll be minimal. I don't think it'll make a big difference. I'm much more concerned uh, of our country heading towards socialism than I am being able to get oil and gas out of the country uh, personally, because I, I believe that there, it's not going to change. The demand's not going to go away. So those things that that are required to, to move the product are, are going to have to be there. Yeah, maybe it's harder to get permits, but at, at the end of the day, um, I, I've, I only know of one pipeline that got stopped <laughs> um, ever that was that needed to be put in. So it's good to be able to understand, like the, the you know, this is a four-year window uh, in this situation what we're talking about um, the development and and creation of of these of these pipelines and uh, methods of transfer you know take ages to build and to to be able to get approved and you know move forward so um, from from that standpoint it you know a, a typical project that an oil and gas company puts together uh, you know in the, that are in the billions it, it might take them 10 years to be able to put it all together and from from start to finish and um, you know I, I think that uh, from that standpoint you know one administration is not going to uh, change things that drastically at the end of the day it's just more of you know how you can work together and, and make things happen and I think that's going to be a key thing that uh, we'll be we'll be working towards I'm sure in the next four years depending on how how it moves forward from a presidency and also uh, from from the other uh, branches Brandon you brought up a very good point that we've been kind of following for the last three years specifically here on the crude life, which is this shift away from capitalism. And socialism is a great you know, way to kind of throw that out there, whether it's paying people to stay at home and work, or there's a new trend now that Texas tried to do where they tried to control the production. And I, I think that got voted down. And then in North Dakota, they shifted some CARES Act money to, to oil companies. And I see they did the same thing in Wyoming now. And I understand the rationale behind it, but it, it's, it's a trend. And it seems that there's more and more of this trend to convert the oil and gas industry to more of a socialistic industry. And I'll be honest, the whole reason I'm in the oil and gas business, because I, I think it's the last bastion for capitalism. I take a look at every other industry. It's so controlled from ag to tech to UAVs to everything else that you, anytime you can get a roughneck to figure out how to make a vibrating tube go twice as fast and he's running a company with 10 employees within a year that 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 baby that's America that's that's what it's all about and I'm seeing that go more and more away and you know you brought that up about your concern shifting away from or shifting towards socialism which I assume is away from capitalism can I talk to you more about that or have you fleshed that out a little more just in the way that I did with a couple examples I wasn't really speaking of it in a sense that was towards oil and gas. I, as far as I'm talking about in general overall, and I agree with you that the oil and gas um, 
world business is, is, is the last fashion. It's, it's the, there's nothing else like it in, in this country right now, um, or in the world. So, um, as far as innovation and, uh, just, you know, freedom. And, and I, I hope that doesn't change. And I, I can't think of anything specifically, Jason, to be honest with you. I, I just, it doesn't, I haven't thought that deep into it. Um, so sorry, but no, no, that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, you've, you know, I've, I've heard some frustrations over, you know, the paying people to stay home and, you know, the, the lack of motivation. And it's generally, uh, the frustration is, is, is centered in that sort of, um, accountability, if you will, that a lot of entrepreneurship and capitalism brings to the table. And so I, I, I get those examples that you've, you've had through the, the time. But uh, I, I guess I brought it up just more for that last bastion of capitalism. And that's really how I look at the oil and gas industry. And um, Imran, I don't know, you're, you own restaurants and, you know, you've got, you got your fingers in a few other pies too. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on that. Is, is the oil and gas industry the last bastion for capitalism? You know, I, I, think, I think the oil and gas industry is, um, is the new frontier uh, and, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, especially these smaller independent oil and gas producers that are out there, it's not an easy business to be in, right? Like, you know, you, you might have folks that are in oil and gas and or other industries, and they may or may not understand what's actually, you know, happening as time moves forward. And, you know, if there is a, a steer away from oil and gas, um, you know, or a steer to stay home. Right. I think these types of things, a lot of folks don't really understand the full impacts of just because they're not privy to running their own business. Um, it's challenging. Right. Uh, when you think of uh, in an independent oil and gas producer and, you know, the different work that we do. Uh, sure, we're probably not the innovators. We're probably, in a sense, uh, following some of what the bigger companies out there are doing the BPs, the Shells, the Chevrons of the world, uh, you know, they've got technology out there going into the middle of the Gulf of Mexico or uh, Nigeria or, you know, wherever off of Australia that is probably more challenging than to be able to send a man onto the moon. Uh, but with that said, I think, you know, coming back to the small business part of it, yeah, it's, it's difficult, you know, from, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint uh, to be battling, legislations or regulations and things of that nature but it's nothing that you know it's nothing out of the ordinary that uh, a person who's running a small business doesn't deal with on a regular basis right you know you always have different competing priorities and you always have different new challenges that pop up um, and and you learn how to adapt around it um, and I think we obviously want to be able to do whatever we can to be able to make that as simple as possible. And I think that's really our, our main approach. But, you know, depending on what type of regulations we'll see and how things are going to move forward, you know, maybe you'll see that the larger uh, oil and gas companies that are out there um, produce less. But then, you know, you'll have these independents that are smaller guys that are going to produce more. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, where, whatever energy outlook you look at, there's always a big push for more energy needed, right? And, and where does that really stem from? It stems from folks actually using that energy, right? So, you know, unless you want to, I guess, sit at home and do nothing, that 
you know, some some want you to do. Uh, I think that that's really what will kill that industry more than anything else. But changing the way that you do things is probably more the the key thing there, right? If you need to be able to use less energy, you need to change the way that you do your work, the way that you do uh, everyday shopping, or the way that you turn on your air conditioner uh, down to 68 degrees rather than 75. You know, all these types of things make a big difference, and people have to make that decision to to make that change. I love it. The new frontier. In fact, that's what we should probably focus on is this new frontier that's going to happen. And I mentioned China, India, they got that emerging middle class that's happening. You know, here in America, we've got this whole rebuild thing that's happening, whether it's new appliances or it's new energy efficient windows. There, there is a, a rebuilding that is going on, whether it's through tax credits or regulations, whatever the, the case might be. My point is, is that I've seen articles percolating more and more about the resurgence happening in the manufacturing industry. And anytime that happens, it can't be powered without the natural resources to make it go around. And a lot of, uh, you know, things that are happening is more of, you know, NIMBY, not in my backyard when it comes to drilling or offshore, but it's still happening. And these countries that have got major populations that have been without a middle class for so long, that, that's happening regardless. So from the safe standpoint, I'm taking a look at back at what we're here to talk about, which is investing in the oil and gas industry and fossil fuels and et cetera. Swan Energy, swanenergy.com, inc.com slash invest for those who want to check out a video and a little more specific. But um, very long way to talk a little bit about where we're going with the new frontier and whether it's rebuilding America with energy efficiency, whether it's powering America to keep it great, whether it's these uh, emerging middle classes over in China and India, I do see fossil fuels, natural resources as being a very safe investment over the next 5, 10, 20 years Talk to me about how you guys are looking at the new frontier from that aspect, from an investment aspect, if you wouldn't mind. Energy efficiencies are, are constant and have been for, for a long, long time. And I, I don't ever, I, that should never stop. Always should get better. No one better. is against that. No, no, I uh, always should get better. Cleaner energy sources. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I am not against any of that. I, I'm a hundred percent for it. And, uh, you know, I'm actually actually considering it, um, but at the end of the day, it, it all has to work together to get to get us all to keep us moving, um, to keep us living, to keep us building, to keep us growing. Uh, all of the whatever the sources of energy are have to have to be able to collaborate, uh, whether they get along. I'm air quoting that or not. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, at the end of the day, uh, energy is energy. And the, the, the cheaper, easier way to get it is always better. Uh, burning less, being more efficient is always better because, you know, even with the solar and wind that they're working on and, and all the other potential um, renewable sources of energy, you know, we only have a finite amount, and how much is the question, um, of oil and gas in the ground. You know, it's, it's a depleting resource. So, we're idiots if we aren't getting more efficient as we go, um, whether that's making plastic uh, or keeping your house warm. Either way, it's got to get more efficient because at some point there's going to be less. And at, down the road at some point, way down the road, there's going to be maybe none. 
And so we're going to have to find replacements for all these things. I mean, that's just reality. Uh, so I, I'm I'm all about efficiency, and um, I think that that as far as the industry goes, that, that's where we always are moving. We're trying to get more efficient, get our wells drilled cheaper, get our wells fracked cheaper, use less water than we have to, um, but get it, use as much as we need. So there, there's this this fine line, and and, and that's the the oil and gas business constantly pushes those limits. Yeah, cost savings are always important, right? Around that stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, you know. The more you want to be able to, the more you can save, the more you can put into your pocket. So that, that's never really a, an issue. And to, to Brandon's point, who doesn't want energy efficiency? I think that that's really a big key. But I think it's important to be able to understand first world problems, as people talk about, versus third world situations, right? I mean, in the third world, there's lots of paradigm shifts that are happening, right? There's a building of the middle class. You know, their objective and their momentum is totally different than what ours is in, in America. And I think it's just important to be able to understand that, you know, we all need to work together towards that, you know, uh, better energy efficient uh, lifestyle for everyone. Well, let's talk about what you guys are working on. And I mentioned that, you know, the website swanenergyinc.com slash invest, which gives a, a little bit more information and, and a video and, and et cetera. But let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, easing the calms. If somebody wants to talk to you guys about investments and everything, just uh, what's, what's been going on this week in the war room? It's top secret. <laughs> <laughs> top secret. We have a lot going on, but it's top secret. Um, now, anyone that's interested can go to our website, swanenergyinc.com uh, and, uh, contact us, and uh, we we can talk about what we have working on um, if someone qualifies. But in general, we we actually have several things cooking, but nothing we want to talk about. Now that that's you know that, that's really funny. I think one of the big things there is just you know we've got a lot of strategies going on right now. We've you know we're we're really planning on 2021. Uh, you know you pro- brought up some good points around the how the nation's moving forward. Um, you know I think there's. Uh, different people that are thinking different things uh, with respect to the president-elect, who it is, what it is. Um, you know, I think there's a million-man march or something like that going on in Washington right now. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of different things that are going on. As you pointed out earlier, you know, all these different companies right now, you, you, I think you mentioned Marathon, you mentioned Energy Transfer. Uh, they're all working on strategies, figuring out which ways to go, depending on what legislations would be implemented as, as time moves forward. Uh, and I think we're doing the exact same things right now, so we're we're trying to keep it under wraps. But uh, we, we we hope to be able to share more with you in in the in the coming months. And obviously, everyone is always available to reach out to us uh, and and uh, call us or or uh, take a look at our website at swanenergyinc.com. Uh, a lot of information presented there, but you know you can always get us uh, on the phone or uh, or uh, on the web. <laughs> 